Well, hello and welcome to Catholic in America. I'm Father Michael Nixon. Uh, we, as a country and as a nation and as a church, have been through some amazing, uh, difficult and tragic times um, this past year and uh, right now as we've begun the new year as well. And so uh, for a lot of us, we're, we were asking questions about where can we look for guidance, for clarity. And one of the places that uh, the church is inviting us to look is through St. Joseph. Uh, so today uh, on Catholic in America, we're very blessed to be joined uh, myself with Father Doug Martin and also be joined by Father Donald Calloway today, who is the author of Consecration St. Joseph, The Wonders of Our Spiritual Father. Uh, Father Calloway, it's so great to have you on the show. Oh, thanks, brothers. It's great to be with you. I'm, I'm honored. And uh, yeah, these are exciting times, challenging times, but uh, the church is giving us some direction to, to look to St. Joseph, like you said. And uh, I think if we do that, uh, we're going to experience renewal, even though we're living in a difficult time. Absolutely. So maybe just for those that don't know you, uh, we've been blessed by your book and other works and different talks you've done, and, and you're you're very active in, in evangelization and outreach. Um, so just a little bit about your story, your background of how you came to uh, to be a priest and to write a book about St. Joseph. Yeah, so um, I'm not the typical vocation story, I guess. I, I wasn't raised Catholic or of any religion, and got into a lot of trouble in my youth and ended up actually being kicked out of a foreign country at one point. My stepfather was in the Navy. And then I ended up going to two drug and alcohol rehabilitation centers. I was thrown in jail when I turned 18, had long hair down to my waist, and I was a mess. But through all that craziness, my mom and my stepdad had a radical conversion to Catholicism. I always joke with my mom, I, I'm the reason she found God, because she needed him to deal with me. You know? <laughs> um, she doesn't laugh at that for some reason, but it's true. Um, but uh, then, so she was praying for me at that point, you know, hardcore, and it took a few years, but I ended up having what I call my divine two by four experience where God hammered me with the truth and I fell madly in love with Jesus Christ. Um, and I attribute that in large part to my mom's prayers, but also these little Filipino women, you know, that I call them the special forces of God. You know, they're, they're the green berets of the spiritual life, I tell you. And um, they told me about uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, about the rosary and about St. Joseph. So that's where my beginning of my relationship with St. Joseph began, and it flourished all throughout my conversion, my entering seminary, studying for 10 years, and now being a priest 18 years, um, I've written you know, uh, a book on him to help more people to come to know him so that he can help us draw closer to Jesus, because ultimately, it's all about Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, so for you personally to write a book, obviously I've never done it before, but it seems, it seems to be a huge endeavor uh, for you personally. What, what moved you to desire to write this book about St. Joseph and how to, how to, to increase our devotion to him and, and through him to get closer to Jesus? Yeah. So um, I, you know, I've got quite a few books out now, but I have to say, I think this is the best one because um, I don't know. I, I, I think the others were preparing me for this project. Because, you know, being a priest for 18 years now, about four years ago, I just saw so many wounds in families, you know, and, and I'm hearing things like half of all marriages today end in divorce. Uh, so many fathers are not present. There's uh, gender ideology today. So women don't know what it means to be a woman or a mother. And men are confused about their role. And what does it mean to be a father? And if they act out in traditional ways, culture points a finger at them and says, that's toxic to me. I'm offended. You know, so there's so much confusion today. So I thought, boy. You know, in times of great need in the past, we've we've turned to Our Lady, and we always need to turn to her because she is such an amazing guide to Jesus. But I said, in light of this crisis in the family right now, on the, the patricide, if you will, 
uh, that's taking place, meaning like the killing of the fathers in families and society and their roles and all that. I thought we could really use a good father right now, like a model father, a model husband. Hmm. Where should we look? And then I thought, duh, you know, I mean, God chose one man to be the foster father of, of his son and to be the husband of the Virgin Mary. He's our guy. Um, and I just got that sense strong in prayer. And so I went about doing the research to put the book together and it took me three years to do all the research. And, and that's the end fruit, you know, is consecration to St. Joseph. So yeah, praise God. So for those who are watching for years, you were writing this, I mean, and, and so that you can tell us who is St. Joseph? I mean, what do we really know about him? I mean, because it seems like we have so little information about him. Where, where, what do we know about him? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And I, I asked myself that, right. Cause, um, we don't know that much. And, you know, I was on the radio a couple months ago and a guy threw a curveball at me and he asked me, father, what's your favorite quote from Joseph? And I, I actually thought about it. I'm like, huh, there's nothing to think about it. We don't have one. Right. I mean, so he caught me and I'm like, Oh, okay. I was looking for maybe what a saint has said, but you know, he, he got me there because we don't have one word from St. Joseph in the new Testament. Um, we have his actions. So with St. Joseph, you could literally say actions speak louder than words, right? We know that axiom. Certainly true with St. Joseph, but there's been a lot of misunderstandings about him since we don't have a lot in scripture, although what we have is pretty substantial, like what he did. Um, you know, a lot of people have come up with ideas that, well, he was old. He was, you know, 90 years old when he married Our Lady. And I'm like, really? Because I thought the whole point was not to stand out. I think that kind of would have stood out. You know what I mean? So um, is that actually what the church teaches? And in my research, I discovered it's not. It was more likely young. They, they depicted him as old in legends and stuff to protect the virginity of Mary. So noble, for sure. Well-intentioned, without a doubt. But it's actually more virtuous for a young man to be chased when you're married to the most beautiful woman who ever walked the face of the earth, you know, um, and things like that. So you know, I asked myself, you know, I want people to know the real Joseph and not the ones that we've kind of made legends about and things like that. So how did I do that? Well, you can unpack it from the scriptures itself. You know, all the walking that Joseph would have needed to do, if you add it up, because he was required to go to Jerusalem three times a year, according to Jewish custom, to fulfill certain rituals. Let's say he did that for 30 years with the Holy Family. Do the math. He walked three-fourths of the way around the planet. Uh, old men are not going to be able to do this. Okay, right. so those kind of things you can deduce by reason and just common sense, and you can come to a pretty good understanding you know, of, of what he was like, the culture at the time, and all those things. So I've got all that in the book. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. Yeah, so, so as you were learning all of this and, and you were thinking about all these things, what's the one thing that you that you could tell us that for the average person was here that would be surprising. The the one surprising thing that you're like, this is this is really surprising about him. You may not know it. Yeah. So okay, uh, there's a lot, but I'll, I'll pick one. Um, you know, when God wanted to take on flesh, our human nature, um, we know that Joseph is not his biological father, right? We know this. But Mary is his biological mother. So when God wanted to have a face like one of us, he chose to have the same facial characteristics as the Blessed Virgin Mary. Just like I look like my mom, you look like your mom. 
well, Jesus probably maybe in his cheekbones is, you know, is, 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 is chin is, is eye sockets or something would have looked like Mary. That's incredible. Right? So he doesn't look like Joseph because he's not his biological father. But when God in the person, divine person of Jesus wants to be like a man, when he wants to imitate someone, who does he imitate? Joseph. So the saying is true, like father, like son. So when you see Jesus, you are seeing Joseph on some level because Jesus, our Lord and Savior, our God, would have had the mannerisms, the accent. He probably walked, talked, worked, swung an axe, just like Joseph. That is profound meditations, my friends. That is deep stuff, man. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. That's to me that that brings up also just you know kind of opening up scripture, kind of opening up the, the gospels in a new way. So how how has this focus on Joseph helped you to appreciate uh, the gospels and, and come to know it in, in in a deeper way? Yeah, it really has, and especially in light of, I mean, you know, it, by our baptism and by our following Jesus, we're called to be part of His family, right? So we're as we say, we're filiated, we become sons and daughters in, in the eternal son. And we cry out to God, Abba, you know, daddy. And I think that when you bring in Joseph into this, you can see that not only are we invited into the heavenly family of the Holy Trinity, but also into the Holy family here on earth and now, you know, in heaven. So it's really significant because another thing that I learned is that in light of the times, is that so many people have suffered from a father wound these days. I hear it all the time. People have been hurt and wounded by men who have used their strength in the wrong way, been abusive emotionally, physically, or God forbid worse, right? Well, with St. Joseph, we're never going to be harmed. His strength, and he's strong, um, is used with tenderness and affection and great compassion and love. And I think that that's so key right now for the healing and restoration of families. I think that that is just huge right now. That's why I think the Holy Spirit's saying, let's time to bring in Joseph. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so with this, with the desire to, to write a book uh, um, about consecration of St. Joseph, maybe kind of explaining what that means uh, for people, maybe, maybe, maybe who've heard about consecration to Jesus through Mary, uh, maybe they haven't, but what this consecration, what is it and what difference does it make? And really why is it important for today for, for, for these times that we're living in right now? No, that's, that's a great question, father. It's a great point. Cause I, I get asked that a lot. It's one of the, the most frequent, you know, uh, asked questions and the word itself, you know, cause sometimes people get turned off by the word consecration what that word means is when something is set aside for a holy purpose, so it's consecrated. So we are consecrated and primarily so to Jesus Christ, because he's our ultimate end. So when we are baptized, that's our primary uh, consecration. But to supplement that, right, because we're a family, you bring in mom, you bring in dad, you know, well, to supplement that so we can get super close to our ultimate end, Jesus Christ, we do pious devotional consecrations to Mary because who's going to know Jesus better than his mother, right? She's going to give us insights and, and bring us super close. Well, St. Joseph as well. Um, and, you know, we almost really, you could say, get this understanding from Jesus himself. Because in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, it says after he was lost in the temple, although he wasn't lost, they lost him. He knew where he was. He knew what he was doing, you know. Um, 
It says that he went with them to Nazareth, was obedient to them, and grew in wisdom and stature before God and man under the care of Mary and Joseph. See, it is right and proper for children to have a mother and a father. It doesn't always work out that way, of course, because of circumstances, but it's the norm. It's how God would like it to be for everyone. Well, we have this opportunity, you know, in, in Christianity, because we know that Mary's our spiritual mother. That's a gift from the cross. And now, you know, we're discovering that, you know what, Joseph is actually our spiritual father as well, because we're brothers and sisters of Jesus. And so let's give ourselves to them in this pious, devotional formula, consecration, some call it entrustment, whatever, um, so that we can get close to Jesus. And I think this is so important for our times when we have, again, this crisis in families. So um, some of our viewers and, and some people who actually know me know that uh, I'm a convert as well and that I'm actually one of those unique uh, creatures. I'm a married priest. I have a wife and three children. There's a a, a way in for, for a former Episcopal priest to be able to, to be a priest in the Catholic Church and still be married and have three children. And so my question really comes to you, not just as a priest, but really as a father with a family. I mean, what, what difference is it going to make in, in my life and my family's life and in the lives of those fathers and other families around me for me to make this consecration as a dad? Great point. And I think this is crucial because, um, you know, men in, in, in their family, they are called to be the leaders in certain things, right? We, we know by saying that, you know, in this politically correct culture, people freak out over that. And they're like, oh, I'll never do. No, we're talking about servant leadership. We're talking about sacrificial leadership. You lay down your life for those others, like Jesus for the church. Well, this is what Joseph, as the husband uh, and father of the family, did. And this is extraordinary because all of us are wearing Roman collars right now. But here's something crucial. The greatest man in Christianity, outside of the God man, of course, Jesus, the greatest saint, male saint, was not a priest. He was a layman, right? right. We're talking about St. Joseph. And what did he do for his family? Now, imagine this man lived with God, Jesus, okay? He lived with the Immaculata, not God. Mary's not God, never has been taught that, never will. It wouldn't be true. But she's a perfect creature. Whose role was it in that family to lead the prayers? Was it the role of Jesus, who is God? No, it wasn't. Was it the role of Mary, who's a perfect creature? No, it wasn't. It was the role of the husband and father. Of those three, he's the least. And yet it was his proper role to lead the family in the observance of their religious practices. This is what fathers and husbands today need to step up to, because oftentimes they just say, well, my wife's better at it. Buddy, that probably is true, but that's not the point. <laughs> Joseph could have said that about his wife. Oh, please, she can do it. You know, you're way better at it than I she, that's not the point. You need to do this. And the effects that that has on the family is tremendous. Sociological studies have shown this to be true, that when a father is the one who leads the family in prayer and religious observance, it sticks more so than when it's just the mother doing it. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, thank you. One of the things uh, that I've been moved moved and I'm actually doing the consecration right now. Brother Priest, um, we're pastors of neighboring parishes, Father Kevin McEwen, and, and we live in the same rectory. And so we do morning prayer together. So we've, we've been doing the uh, going through the consecration together, which has been wonderful um, and recommended it to everybody. 
but I was really struck and moved by, particularly um, with Father Doug's question, just about married life too, that, that God gives us the graces to, to that which he calls us. If God is calling you to something, then he's going to supply the grace in order to fulfill it. So to think of what did it mean for him to be married to the Blessed Virgin Mary, to Mary, uh, to be called to be the Father on earth to Jesus, that it's not just that God calls him to that and says, good luck, or to any man, but that God calls you to great things, to be a husband, a father, a leader, to lead your family in prayer, but he's also going to give you the grace in order to do it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, um, you know, you think about it, I mean, no pressure to St. Joseph, right? I mean, wow. <laughs> but at the same time, he shows us, even though they did not enter into conjugal relations, right? Because it was a, a marriage that was different, but it was a true marriage. Um, and conjugal relations are a blessing, right? Uh, it's when you're married, that is a gift that you get to share in. But they did not for the sake of the mission that they were given. And, uh, you know, oftentimes it's called a virginal marriage. Um, but nonetheless, Joseph is a model for how, to, how a husband should treat his wife with dignity with honor, with respect, even if they are privileged to engage in the conjugal act as husband and wife, which is again, a gift, you have to respect her body with dignity. You have to treat her with respect. And I think that's where every man, priest included, we have to have what's called a chaste heart, like St. Joseph. Um, beauty is not at our disposal to do with it what we want. No, we have to be guardians, protectors of it. Even though if you are privileged to be in a marriage and enter into that act with your wife, um, you still um, have to treat her with dignity. I think his, his example in that of um, being like a knight for beauty, a warrior for beauty is something needed today. I think too, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, as, as we're having this interview, this conversation, I'm actually at the seminary down in South Florida. Um, and so pray for all the guys that are in formation for the priesthood here in Florida and throughout the country and the world, um, talking about St. Joseph. And, and to me, it's, it's one of the helpful things is, is thinking about where we've learned what it means to be a man and how St. Joseph can, can help us. And of course, come to know Jesus as that fullest revelation. So for myself as, as a pastor and a priest and, and, uh, like, what does the, this increase, maybe for yourself in that, those same positions, what does this increased devotion and focus and meditation on Joseph, what does that do for your priesthood and your just appreciation of what we do as, as servants of the church? Yeah, in that way? Um, it's funny because you said a word in, in, in your statement there that is crucial. You said increase. So here's something amazing. I didn't know this. I didn't know tons of stuff in my, before I did the research. Joseph, the name Joseph, etymologically, it means increase. So St. Joseph is the increaser, right? So that is profound to think about because what is he going to increase? He's going to increase our relationship with Jesus. He's going to increase our relationship with Mary. He's going to increase our virtue, our, our, our purity, our humility, our love. And I think that for us as priests, this is really important today because we're entrusted with a lot of power. And a lot of authority and people look to us and, and we can either take advantage of that for the wrong reasons, or we can do such great good with what we've been given for the benefit of others, um, like St. Joseph. I mean, think about it. He's the best, I guess you could say, what are the, there's a term in, in, in movies and, and, and films, actor that's not really that much present. And yet he is the one who's constantly pushing Jesus and Mary forward, like pay attention to them. Uh, it's all about them. 
when priests do that and we don't make it about us because it's not about us, we're going to come and go. We're going to die someday. It's not about us. Right. But when we can make Jesus and Mary center stage, we're going to become holy. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to get a trophy doing it. He didn't get any trophies during his, he didn't get any merit badges. He didn't get any recognition. Uh, now he is kind of, you know, he's coming up in a big way again, but he's a model for us of, of that servant leadership of giving ourselves. Um, and I, I think that's a huge thing. Somebody probably needs to write a book on St. Joseph and the spirituality of priests. That'd be a, that'd be a great book. In, in timely, we probably need it right now, but, you know, speaking of timely, we we're here in the year of St. Joseph. Our Holy father has seen fit to make this the year of St. Joseph. I, I just don't think it could be timely enough, especially with what we're talking about now. And so, you know, really, uh, why is that important for the church? Why is that important for the world? I mean, because every year we have another year of. So why is the year of St. Joseph such a, a timely thing and such an important thing for us today? Studies have shown that 70% of people have delayed getting the health care they need or they know someone who has. Someone you care about might be doing the same thing. That's why it's important to ask your loved ones, how are you feeling today? At Ascension Sacred Heart, appointments are available, ERs are open 24-7, and we have strict precautions in place to keep you safe. Get the care you need at GetSacredHeartCare.com. So is, is there one of those titles that particularly has, has been speaking to you or that you find has, has helped people to, uh, to really kind of uh, appreciate Joseph more? Oh, without a doubt. I think the money title for St. Joseph is terror of demons. I mean, that is like, when people hear that, they're like, Whoa, what what'd you say? You know, because most people, when they see him traditionally depicted in art, they see an old decrepit man about to die holding, you know, not a lily, but a cane because he can't stand up. That's how they see him. So then when they hear he's the terror of demons, they're like, how's that? Well, because that's 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 a lily staff. That's a spiritual weapon of purity to pierce the, the filthy pornographic you know, stuff that is Satan. Satan is a pornographic creature, a filthy, disgusting beast. And so that title is so huge that. I still find tons of people who have never heard this title, um, but it's an officially approved title. And basically the reasoning is, um, why, why does he have it? Well, there's only two people in all of Christianity who have an intercessory power that is parental uh, towards God. So, for example, if I said a prayer that went like this, Jesus, my, my, my Savior, my God, and my Son— you know, you better call the bishop. I need help. <laughs> he ain't my son, right? Uh, I, my theology's off, you know, right. But he is the son of Mary and Joseph. So when Mary says, son, they have no wine. Boom, you got wine. You got a ton of wine. 
Well, when Joseph makes a request, Jesus hears it as coming from his father and consider it done. Who knows this and who's terrified of it? The devil, right? Mm -hmm. So he's the terror of demons because that that parental power that he has is extraordinary. I love that title. So we, we have a lot of viewers in this area that, that may not be Catholic, that are non-Catholic. Um, and so they may be looking at this and going, you know, man, it's, it's really all about Jesus. And so what would you what would you say to them? I mean, because I think that they this has something to say to, say to them as well as Christians, not just as Catholics, but as Christians as well. So what would you say to them and why this is important, maybe even for them? Yeah, no, that's a great, great point, because um, it is all about Jesus, always. And St. Joseph and our, the Virgin Mary would be the first to tell you that, right? Um, so it's all about Jesus, no, no matter what. But it's important to remember that we are a family. So, you know, Jesus, he didn't pop out of the heavens, already formed as a 33-year-old Messiah, you know, ready to, to save the world, Father, hoo you know, that it didn't work like that. He came into the world through that marriage of Mary and Joseph, And he grew up normally. So that's important because sometimes we think that Jesus is almost like a robot or we get snapshots. It's like, okay, take one, the nativity. Great. Okay. Let's skip forward seven years. Take two. We get the, he's lost in the temple. Okay, great. No, they were, they actually lived a normal life though. Very holy, of course. Um, And I think that's key because just like I, I'm not God, I'm not the Messiah. Right. But I have a mom and a dad. And if you do things that are pleasing to my mom and my dad, that's going to make me very happy, right? I mean, what you do to them is kind of done to me. So if you diss my mom and dad, well, that ain't cool, bro. You know, I mean, you can't be thinking we're all going to be buddy-buddy and you're dissing my mom and dad. That's, there's a disconnect, right? You may be on my bus, but I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be in the back. It's going to be a bumpy ride, okay? So if you're nice to my mom and dad, hey, you got my attention. What do you want from me? I think that's the the human aspect that sometimes we downplay about Jesus. He's God. We're not denying that. Totally. He's the Messiah, right? He he is our, we worship him. Um, But taking on human nature, he entered into that family. And it's okay to love his mom and his dad and to invite them into our lives so that we can get closer to Jesus. Because it's all about Jesus. Yes, all about Jesus. And I love that, that insight too, that this family relationship, sometimes we can reduce our faith that even our salvation and our life of faith is merely like, almost like, just like a, a distant juridical thing that like, I was guilty. God forgave me through Jesus. And he kind of checks me off and puts me through, but instead it's like, he's, he's inviting me into this family, which is, which is, I think part of the, you know, essential part of the good news that oftentimes we can forget. And Mary yeah. and Joseph are, are, are right there. Totally. Well, in Galatians chapter four, right, it says in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son born of a woman so that we could cry out, Abba, Father. But it's always important to remember implied in that is he was born to that woman who was married to Joseph. (laughs) You know, so it doesn't need to be written out. It's a no brainer. You know, so that family aspect is, is is that's Christianity. That's what this is all about. So, yeah, it's very exciting. Well, Father Donald Callaway, you are uh, just an absolute delight to talk to you. I'm, I'm so excited about this book, Consecration to St. Joseph, The Wonders of Our Spiritual Father. We'll link uh, below to that. Um, uh, your religious order, how, how can people find you and the wonderful work that your religious order is, is doing, Father? 
Yeah, thanks. So I'm, I'm actually the vocation director for the community. So um, there's a website that I have. It's fathercalloway.com. You have to spell out the father part. There's a vocation button there. If you click that, you can get in touch with me. Any young man who's discerning a possible vocation, love to talk to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And hopefully you guys will pick up that book as well. And during this year of St. Joseph, during these tumultuous times um, that we could uh, come to know Joseph, who always introduces us uh, to Jesus, his son, so we can come to know him as our hope, because Jesus is the one hope that we have. So thank you guys so much for watching, for all those who have tuned in. Uh, thank you, Father Doug and Father uh, Donald Calloway for uh, for being with us. And for all of you who support us um, on uh, on Patreon and other ways, we're so grateful for your for your love and care and support. Know that we're praying for you and tune in next time for the next episode of Catholic in America. God bless.